Welcome to the Three Point Stance Podcast with your host, Dave Whipke. Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of the Three Point Stance Podcast. I am your host, Dave Whipke. We'll be taking a look at what happened in the Whipple, especially in around Washington and Greene Counties for week five, and we'll be previewing some week six action. But before we get into week six, let's take a look back what happened this past week. First up, Fort Cherry, they were at Canavan. This is Black Hills Conference. This is my candidate for not only the game of the week, but maybe game of the year. Fort Cherry and Bishop Canavan playing for first place in the Black Hills Conference in Class A. And a lot of circles, Bishop Canavan was considered to be the top dog in not just the Black Hills, but all of single A and Fort Cherry. Well, they were a nice story coming out of McDonald with uh, Matt Sieg at the controls. Both teams uh, came in undefeated, and one would leave undefeated. As Fort Cherry on Saturday night in a pulsating game at Dormont Memorial Stadium took them a 48-41 win, solidifying their spot on top of the conference and possibly on top of all of Class A. Uh, the Rangers got out to a 21-0 lead and held on um, as the game went on. They went out 34-12 in the third quarter. Uh, Matt Sieg was unstoppable. He finished with 277 yards rushing, 178 yards passing, three touchdowns through the air, four on the ground. The Rangers ended up taking a 34-12 lead late in the third, but back came Bishop Canavan, quarterback Cole Oshevsky, not to be confused with Gunnar Oshevsky for the Steelers, threw for 425 yards. West Virginia commit Jason Cross at wide receiver, Caught 10 balls for 225 yards and three scores. They got to within seven points late in the fourth quarter. Got a big stop as they forced a turnover. But the uh, Fort Cherry defense, which had been hemorrhaging yards and points the entire second half, stepped up when they needed to make plays defensively. Nate Harrison got two sacks. And the Rangers, an amazing ball game on Saturday night. Taking home ball game over Bishop Cavan, 48-41. I mentioned Matt Sieg's great night. Um, he was cramping up so much that they really couldn't find anything on hand to, to help him out. The water, the Gatorade wasn't working. So the trainer got a great idea. Was, hey, let's try some mustard. So staff went over to the uh, concession stand and picked up a, a jar of mustard, and he consumed it, and he was okay and ended up winning a ball game. So there you go. Bishop, Bishop Canavan taking her first loss of the year to Fort Cherry, a team that had lost to Bishop Canavan last year, 60-7. to Ian Waynesburg, they played host to Washington. This is Century Conference. Century Conference action in Class AA. The Washington Prexies are sitting here at 6-0, and also undefeated in conference. I know Coach uh, Mike Bosnick was not too pleased with how his team began the season. He's quite happy with them now. They ended up beating Waynesburg 48-14. to uh, Waynesburg suffering their second loss in a row after starting off 4-0. Um, they're looking at the softer underbelly of their schedule coming up. Coach Aaron Georgie even mentioned that these two games between his squad and McGuffey and his squad in Washington were going to be tough asks for them to win. Uh, but they got through it. And they lost both of them. Um, but uh, they should, uh, hopefully for their sake, uh, be able to rise up and bounce back and finish off the season strong. As for the Prexies, Eddie Lewis continues his strong season. He had 172 yards on the ground with three scores. 
Reuben Gordon, we'll get to him a little later, had a touchdown catch, while Javon Woods also found the end zone for the Prexies. Quarterback Tristan Reed threw for two touchdowns as well for Washington. Jake Stevenson got got Waynesburg out in front early, uh, scoring on a one-yard sneak set up by a Colby Pauley interception, but that lead didn't last long as Washington roared back to take control of the Century Conference. Stowe Rocks played host to McGuffey, and that was Century Conference. McGuffey has uh, gotten off the map pretty good here. Those who have followed him follow McGuffey closely know that Ed Dalton likes to take timeouts and use them up in the first half uh, when things aren't going too well. Uh, he's been known to burn all three timeouts within the first five minutes of a ball game just, just because he's Ed Dalton. Uh, did it again in this game. He uh, used two timeouts on Sturrock's first possession after the Vikings were able to get a couple first downs, didn't like what he saw. Well, whatever he said worked because McGuffey ended up shutting him out 17 to nothing at McKee's Rocks. The defense looked very good for McGuffey as they have been as during this winning streak. They're now 4-2 and two overall and 3-0 and oh in the conference. Charles, Charles Wagers and Dylan Drobage found the end zone while Dylan Stewart knocked in a 35-yard field goal for the Highlanders. Drobage also rushed for 132 yards on 14 carries. Quarterback Connor Crow had 65 yards on eight carries. He also forced a fumble in the fourth quarter when Sturrocks was looking to get back in the ballgame. Memphis Hadrick had recovered it and helped seal the deal for the Highlanders, who are now 4-2 and overall and 3-0 in a conference. Tri-County South, Manesson, they were at West Green. Two weeks ago, West Green was without the services of their leading running back, Whippeal leading running back, Colin Brady, due to a high ankle sprain, but he came back in a big way last week for West Green as he led the way to a 41-32 victory over Manesson in Tri-County South action. As I mentioned, Brady sat out last week, or should I say two, week, two weeks ago, to a high ankle sprain. Came back to rush for 301 yards on 23 carries and four scores. He needed 76 yards to reach 5,000 for his career, and safe to assume he got it pretty early. Brady has 5,225 rushing yards in his career. Uh, good on him. West Green undefeated in conference, 5-1 and one overall. Lane Allison threw a touchdown pass to Seth Parker and Parker Burns and Manesson. Well, they fall to 0-3 in conference, playing 1-5 overall. But uh, West Green is looking pretty good. And uh, they should be a factor going forward in Tri-County South action. Another Tri-County South matchup. California, they were at Maple Town. Yeah, I, I decided to take a ride down to uh, Green County on Friday night just to see a different, uh, a different ball game. Uh, I typically don't get down there very often. Um, but... The Friday night I was free, so I took a ride down to see California take on Mapletown. As we know, Mapletown was a Cinderella story last year in the Tri-County South. They will not be doing that this year as California rose up and beat them up pretty good, 58 to nothing at uh, Mapletown High School. Spencer Petrucci rushed for 119 yards and three scores. Uh, he scored on runs of 40 yards, 32 yards, and 30 yards as Cal built a 46 to nothing halftime lead. Jake Lehu returned an interception, 40 yards for a touchdown. That would be his third in two weeks. Lee Qualk got on the board with a 10-yard touchdown run. And uh, Zach Gelatai scored a 15-yard touchdown as uh, California did some serious damage to a very, very depleted Mapletown team. 
then Maple Town was held to 31 yards total of offense and only one first down. But there without quarterback Spencer Yeager, running back Evan Griffin, uh, receiver A.J. Venata, and Titan Tyler Howard, who was in to replace Griffin, he got hurt. Lyman Chase Taylor went down, and Brock Evans, who came in to play quarterback, also went down to injury, and uh, Mr. Evans took an unholy beating in this game. Uh, no word on his condition right now, but he was he really got beat up pretty good. Um, here's the hope, and he's going to be able to play this week upcoming for the Maples. Now over to the Black Hills, Burgettstown. They were at Cornell. Close, close ball game here. Burgettstown had a chance to also uh, make a mark for themselves in Black Hills Conference play. They took Cornell to the wire, but they just could not quite hang on as they fell 14-13 at Cornell High School in Coriopolis. C.J. Jackson for the Raiders threw a 15-yard touchdown pass to Khalil Johnson late in the game, and they converted a two-point conversion to, uh, to gain the victory. Uh, Cornell remains undefeated at 6-0 overall and 3-0 in conference. Burgettstown had leads of 6-0 in the third quarter and 13-6 in the fourth, and it looked like they were going to get it done. Cornell only led until the very last play of the game, and um, hats off to Burgettstown for playing a heck of a ball game. They opened the scoring with a 19-yard touchdown pass from Brody Couser to Zach Schrockman. The attempt was no good. Uh, Cornell had tied the play, tied the game, I should say, on the first play of the fourth quarter on a one-yard plunge by Jackson. The Raiders missed the extra point, leaving the score knotted at six. Town looked to take the lead for good when Couser rambled 18 yards for a touchdown. Uh, Colton County knocked down the extra point, or should I say knocked in the extra point, to give the Blue Devils a 13-6 lead. But it wasn't to be as Cornell came back and uh, got a big win for themselves over a very tough game Burgstown squad. Couser uh, must be noted, rushed for 109 yards on 24 carries for the Blue Devils. Back over to Tri-County South, Beth Center, they were at Carmichael's. Beth Center was in a struggle with Carmichael's, but they had scored three straight touchdowns in the second and third quarter to take control, and they got it done for a 34-20 win in Tri-County South action. Uh, the Mikes had taken a 12-6 lead in the first quarter on a touchdown run by A.J. Donaldson and an 85-yard kickoff return by Billy White. But the Bulldogs stud, Ethan Varesco, came to the scene, and he and Jonathan Johan Susan and Tegan Veach uh, each scored to help uh, Beth Center take a 28-12 lead with 5-14 remaining in the third quarter. Uh, Donaldson's six-yard touchdown run at 123 of the third pulled Carmichael's within eight, um, but that was about as close as they were going to get as uh, Varesco went for 46 yards and a touchdown with 19 seconds left in the third quarter. And that pretty much turned out the lights on Carmichael's. Varesco finished with 165 yards and 18 carries. The Bulldogs have improved themselves to 2-1 in conference and 2-4 and overall. Allegheny 6, Peters, they were at Baldwin. I mean, not much to say here. Peters Township is now 3-0 overall, 6-0. Or should I say 6-0 overall, 3-0 in conference. Uh, this was never a game. They handled Baldwin pretty easily, who is now 1-5 overall, 0-3 in Allegheny 6 play. And the staggering, staggering statistic of all, Peters Township, they are an absolute wagon. They have outscored opponents 232-20 to 20 on the season, and I don't think anyone's going to stop them within conference. 
And finally, Tri-County South, Cannon Mac, they were at Central Catholic. This is a measuring stick game for Cannon Mac as they were taking on the uh, top dog in 6A, maybe the entire state in Pittsburgh Central Catholic. And unfortunately for the Big Macs, the uh, Vikings were not going to uh, cooperate. Peyton Wainer, Central Catholic quarterback, completed 15 and 19 passes for 365 yards and five touchdowns as they rolled to a 49-6 win over the Big Macs. Central Catholic and their five Division I recruits remain undefeated in the conference at 3-0 and 6-0 overall. Cannon McMillan looked to make it a game early. Zach Welsh scoring from 15 yards out to give the Big Macs an early 6-0 lead. But that's when uh, Wainer took over. He threw three touchdown passes. The Penn State recruit, Pete Gonzalez, uh, 59, 46, and 83 yards. Uh, Mr. Gonzalez, whose uh, dad was the pick quarterback in 1997, threw for, he should say he caught seven passes for 268 yards. Wainer also uh, connected with Jacob Sasek on a 43-yard scoring strike and Michigan recruit Cole Sullivan for a 14-yard touchdown. Uh, Mr. Welsh for Cannon Mac did quite well for himself against a defense stack with Division I recruits, ran for 101 yards on 17 carries. The Big Macs are sitting at 1-2 and two in conference, but 4-2 overall, but uh, they're still sitting pretty for the playoffs. So uh, good on Cannon Mac for having a solid season so far. They just didn't have enough for Central Catholic in this one. Anything else you'd like to talk about in the recap for week number five? Chartier's Houston came awfully close to getting their first win in the season, but they fell to Our Lady of Sacred Heart 20 to 12. You feel for those kids out there out there in Chartier's Houston. You know they're battling. Uh, it's hard to find a win, and hopefully before the end of the season they find something. Uh, again, feel pretty bad for Mapletown. Again, they were a walking mash unit in this game going against California. California looked strong in single A, looked very strong in the Tri-County South, and I'll reiterate again, the Fort Cherry Bishop Canavan game on Saturday night might have been the best game I've seen in 10 years. Just had so many, so many twists and turns. Uh, Fort Cherry getting a big lead and then having to hang on and the defense stepping up and making a stop. Uh, Bishop Canavan's for real, and I think there's a pretty good chance those two teams are going to see each other again in, in the postseason. Now previewing week number six, let's talk Allegheny Six. Moon, they're going to be at Peters Township. Yeah, this is a game that uh, Three Point Stance Podcast will be there at Peters Township Middle School, Confluence Financial Partners Stadium. Should be a good ball game. Um, Moon, 3-3 three and three overall, 1-0 and oh in the conference, looking to make a big name for themselves. Uh, taking on a very good Peters Township team, led by quarterback Nolan DeLuccia. His mates at receiver, Carter Shanafelt and Ethan Workman. But it's the story for Peters, for me, has been their defense. They've been unbelievable. Um, Jake Velgich, Franco Mascatello, Mickey Vaccarello, Rustin Lehman, and Elliot Schratz have just been unbelievable all season for them on defense. As I mentioned before, they've outscored their opponents 232-20. to 20. And um, I think this is the best Peters has ever looked, at least since I've been covering them, um, for sure. But I will say this, they better not sleep on the Moon Tigers. I know their record isn't great overall, um, but they have played a lot of close games. They're very battle-tested. Uh, the three losses, the West Allegheny, Montour, Mount Lebanon, all happened by a combined 20 points, so they haven't been blown out yet this year. 
and probably the upset of the year. Uh, week three, Moon traveled to Penn Hills and beat Penn Hills 24 to 14. So they're used to being a giant killer. Uh, Nasir Brookins and Josh Bledel have each rushed for 307, 387 yards on the season and six scores uh, combined. Um, they also average pretty close to six yards a carry. So I don't think um, this is going to be a pushover game for Peters Township. Not like last week. I think they're going to have to show up and play a full 48 minutes uh, for them to uh, get a victory here. Non-conference week six, Baldwin, they're going to be at Cannon Mac. Yeah, Kenny Mack's got a good chance to go 5-2 and two in this one. Uh, Baldwin just is not – they just don't quite have the firepower uh, yet to, to compete at any level, unfortunately, for them. Uh, they're, not doing, they're not doing alumni Dave wants that proud. <laughs> I can tell you that, unfortunately, for the, uh, uh, the purple over there. Uh, but Cannon McMillan, uh, their defense has been playing pretty well all year. Zach Welsh, offensively. As I mentioned before, he rushed for more than 100 yards against a very good Central Catholic defense. I expect Zach Welsh to get his on the ground. I expect quarterback Mikey Evans to do some damage through the air. And I expect the Canamac defense to pitch another strong game. And Big 7 in Week 6, Thomas Jefferson, they're going to be at Trinity. Yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Trinity. Uh, a bad, bad loss from this past week. Uh, they lost 25-7 to at Latrobe. They felt a one and two in conference play, three and three overall. So they had uh, their destiny in their hands for a playoff spot, but they let it get away. Uh, Latrobe had two pick six returns for touchdowns, and that was pretty much it. Uh, Jonah Williamson did what he could, threw for 162 yards and rushed for 160 yards on 24 carries, but just wasn't enough because they only got in the end zone once. If uh, Trinity is to compete this week against a very, very, very good Thomas Jefferson team, he's going to have to be Superman because uh, Thomas Jefferson's coming in undefeated, 6-0 overall, 2-0 in the conference. Their quarterback, Brody Evans, has completed 52% of his throws for 734 yards and five scores. Michael Banda leads Thomas Jefferson on the ground with 358 yards rushing and six scores. And a wise, wise once high school football scribe once told me many, many years ago, never, ever bet against TJ coach Bill Chirpak. Anything else you wanted to talk about um, heading into week six? Sure, absolutely. Uh, Fort Cherry, they uh, traveled to Avella this week. Avella, uh, again, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, wasn't able to play against Bishop Canavan due to an uh, injury issue, and we got word on that. It was not forfeited yet by the Whippy Ole. It was merely postponed. They're going to think of a... I think they're going to eventually probably cancel it, but for now, they're just saying it's postponed. Why they're doing it, I don't know. But uh, little birdie told me that in the press box on Saturday night up at the uh, Dormont. Fort Cherry at Avella, again, this is, this is going to be a name you're in score for Fort Cherry. It, it's a neighborhood rivalry to an extent, but uh, I don't see how Avella really... If they hold Fort Cherry to less than 60 points, I'd be surprised. Uh, Our Lady Sacred Heart will be traveling to Hill Memorial Stadium in Burgesstown to take on the Blue Devils. Burgesstown looking to, for something to prove after their tight loss against Cornell. I expect them to bounce back big in this one. Jefferson Morgan getting a win last week. They traveled to Mapletown. We'll see what kind of roster Mapletown can put out there. Hopefully they get some of their guys back. And Wash High still rocks at Wash High Stadium. 
I think the Prexies roll and they will go to 7-0 and after this week's action. Something different here. Let's go to some recruiting notes. Had some recruiting news uh, come across the desk of the Three Point Stands podcast this week. Mentioned him earlier in the podcast and mentioned him quite a bit. Fort Cherry's Matt Sieg, the sophomore quarterback, has received Division I offers from Penn State as a sophomore, which is crazy. Just absolutely, It's the first offer he's received. Usually you see a bunch of uh, mid-American conference schools like Akron or Kent State come through with the offer first. But uh, Coach Terry Smith, the assistant up at Penn State, who was a uh, head coach at Gateway for years, Penn State alum, is Coach James Franklin's right-hand man when it comes to recruiting in the Whippeal. Offered, offered a uh, full scholarship earlier uh, last week. Um, Nebraska this week. Uh, their recruiting coordinator, Adam DeMichael, formerly of this parish of Stowe Rocks, player offered up a scholarship to Mr. Sieg this week. And finally, this afternoon, just a couple hours ago, uh, the Pitt Panthers visited Mr. Sieg at the the high school, and they offered a scholarship. So that's three for Mr. Sieg, Pitt, Penn State, and Nebraska. More will definitely be forthcoming. Uh, Washington's Reuben Gordon, he received his first Division I offer this week from Toledo, so congrats to him. Hoping to follow in the footsteps of former teammate Devon Foos, who is now playing at Rutgers. I believe he's playing defensive back for the Scarlet Knights in the Big Ten. Uh, Cannon McMillan offensive tackle Liam Reamer just announced his commitment to the University of Maine. He will be a black bear. And Peters Township sophomore, tight end and linebacker Reston Lehman was an invited guest on behalf of the staff at Virginia Tech this weekend. He was in attendance on the sideline as the Hokies took on the Pitt Panthers in Blacksburg and they eventually beat them. Uh, Mr. Lehman was at the Akershire Stadium earlier this year as a guest for Pitt when they played Cincinnati. So he's starting to get some Division I looks. And a lot more offers will be coming in for a lot more players, not just Division I, but Division II and Division III. We'll do our best to keep up with it. Tune in next week as we recap this week's action and preview Week 7 in the Whippeal. This is the Three Point Stance Podcast.